0: Welcome to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, brought to you by Renty and the PMC, hosted by David Faulkner, Harrison Vaughn, and Will Alexander, and powered by Renty. We just want to make renting enjoyable. hello, and welcome to the Alternative Property Management Show. I'm your host, David Faulkner, General Manager of. Property brokers, property management. The greatest property management company in the world. Next to me is the second greatest property management company in the world, Harrison Vaughan. So to be best. Harrison Vaughan from Tommy's Property Management. I'm in Wellington with um, Harrison and Will Alexander, CEO of Renty, and looks like he's in the Tardis up in the uh, Renty office. How are you, Will? All right.
1: Yeah, very good. You um, missed the whole um, best software um, company in um, real estate.
0: And fastest so
1: growing. Fastest, fastest growing. growing. And, yeah. and best, best looking. And being quite a controversial uh, statement, David, um, people don't really know what we're talking about. I mean, I've, I've been told lots of people fancy Drake, um, but that's not what we were intending on. It was just a good looking piece of software, but being a bit misconstrued. So, Drake,
0: who's Drake? Because people may not know who Drake is who are listening to this.
1: Right. So, Drake is um, our sales director. He runs our sales and customer service team, longstanding member of Renty, all-round good bugger. And, yeah, just um, probably easy on the eye, according to quite a lot of yeah. uh, um, female okay. listeners. So. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. There you are, Drake. And he's from Canada, isn't he? He's, um,
0: yeah, he's, he's a good bugger. He is a good bugger. <laughs> And uh, but it was sombre day in Wellington, uh, Harrison. Now, we, 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 this is not the topic that we're going to talk about, but it just feels that you know we,
2: we probably need to, need to mention it. We yeah, need, we need to mention it. So you know the the loafers lodge. Um, not good news at all with that fire there. I've actually just read the latest update, so they have confirmed. Yeah. Unfortunately, six people have passed
0: away. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw the news. You know, every it was a building that had a property manager who was managing. Um, the tenancies—it looked like it was a mixture of short, long-term, transitional Ten- tenancies. Yeah. We won't go into it. We don't think it's the right time to talk about it. But just really, all we want to do is a uh, shout out to the the, the 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 fire services, the emergency services who attended it today. Uh, I've just driven past coming back from the airport. You can see that there's
2: still. um I know, I know the property managers were here from about midnight yeah yeah early in the morning outside, and, and yeah. uh, that must have been horrific we'll be going through. It won't
0: it must have been horrific to deal with, and uh, our condolences to uh, the people who've passed away and uh, sympathies with the family, the fan out of all involved. So, uh, yeah, anything to add on that, Will?
1: No, I just hearts go out to everyone. Um, yeah, it's an awful, awful um, thing to read about. So, um, yeah, no, um, well, uh, good call out.
0: Yep, OK, anyway,
1: today's topic. Um
0: We had, um, we've been seeing this, Uh, it's the guinea pigs from Palmerston North, isn't it? That's what we're going to be talking about today, the guinea pigs from Palmerston North. Those
2: evil little guinea pigs, which have caused us, look at them. They're the biggest bloody guinea pigs I've ever seen. They're more like cats.
0: They're they're not cats, they're like, like, look at them. We're just looking at them on on New Zealand Herald. People probably wonder what the hell we're talking
2: about.
1: These pictures, I say. Yeah, they they look like frigging wombats. (laughs) <laughs> um, they do. What are, what are those big rabbits called? Uh,
0: big rabbits? What are no.
1: no, They're like Norwegian rabbits or something. My wife um, wants to get one.
0: I don't know. Rob, Roger Rabbit? I don't know. got no idea. You know. no. Anyway, so what we're talking about today, These. this is just snuck out of nowhere that all of a sudden... The Tenancy Tribunal, not all of them, because I've done a little bit of research, and Will Alexander would have done a little bit of research, I would imagine, on this. The (laughs) Tenancy Tribunal is starting to look at tenancy agreements with pet clauses in them and say, well, actually, there's nothing in the Residential Tenancies Act about pets. So you you cannot write a clause that is not enforceable, which means if a tenant gets a pet... Even if it's written to the tenancy agreement that they've signed, that they've agreed to, the, the, the tenancy tribunal has no power and will not make the tenant, will not end the tenancy and will not make the tenant get rid of the pets. Um, thoughts well let's go to you first you would have done the research alison will be completely unprepared he'll just wing it as he always does let's go to somebody who's actually done a bit of research first what do you reckon mate
1: well it sounds like you've been reading my notes but um uh yeah fascinating that um that within the rta currently right now there is no pauses um for pets um nothing really about it um and no law, no no clarifications. Um, you know, obviously there's. I I I does it fall under um, over overstating the occupancy rate? Um, does it fall under section forty? Where you are you intentionally or carelessly damaging or permitting any other person to damage the premises? Um, so fascinating loophole. And so I guess. Um, uh, in terms of what the adjudicator has done here, um yeah, well look, um there's there's are you contracting outside of the act by adding a clause into the Yeah, I thought that I thought that I did not know that until today. Um yeah. so uh after doing a bit of research into this case. So technically, um everyone has been getting it wrong. Well, are they because
0: are they? we've had this for about 20 years yeah. i mean we've had this really i mean i've been in the industry nearly 20 years and and you'd have a separate pet agreement you'd actually write into the pet agreement that the tenants have to get the premises yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. at the end of it
2: seems reasonable
0: so oh,
1: yeah
2: i mean you think we've been advertising properties with the pets allowed yes or no yeah. since forever you know and that that's never been bought up or raised
0: yeah i mean tribunal. Yes or no? Will have they got this right? Do you think, or, or do you reckon there's been a direction come from the top to say, listen, guys, let's uh, you know sneak this one in here, and us as government will not, you know, we will we'll just go off and say that it wasn't us. This was the the tribunal come up with this idea. Have they got this right, or have they got this wrong?
1: Um, it it feels well, it's sitting a president a very dangerous president. It's sort of not, not on par, but similar to the old Osaki case, I guess, um, around intentional uh, or liability of damage. Um, the question really around this is, have um, either of these tenants intentionally or carelessly allowed the property to be damaged by allowing a pet without the landlord's consent? Um, the...
2: the... Used to go so, with little piggies in Palmerston North. Definitely hasn't caused any damage.
1: But that that that, that one with the, the scratches behind the door and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, so that that's the question. I mean, so have they got it right? Answer your question. Um, I, well, I, I guess they have. But then, <laughs> then it's interpreting the sec- the section forty around the uh, intentional or carelessly damaging the property. Um. So yeah, um, it's a fascinating case to call out.
0: What do you reckon, Arison? Are you going to get all these tenants now just giving you the middle finger and getting
2: pets and saying screw you? This is what we're doing. Well, I'm pretty sure most of our contracts, if they that has a no pet clause or there's something in there that says they don't allow, they're not allowed pets if we haven't agreed to it. And even just thinking, it's quite interesting. We have this issue quite a lot in real estate. We are. An owner will go to buy an apartment, not realising that the body corporate has yep. a ban on pets yep. and even the owner can't get a pet into it. So we've now created a pet-friendly body corporate database cool. so that we know what apartments accept them right. because it's becoming more and more of a thing on purchases uh, like dream lists when they're buying a house. So I can see this slowly changing and trickling down as, as more and more of the younger generation become home buyers and they start enforcing these changes onto their body corporates, which then enforce, you know, flow down to the tenants.
1: What do you think, think, David?
2: Jeez. I mean,
1: I've always been uh,
0: pro-tenant or like pro-pet. You know, I think it's, to me, I've actually even been a little bit extreme and argued, because when I go around and ask tenant, or when I ask people who work in the industry, oh, do you have a pet? Yeah is that pet part of your family yeah so they're, they're yeah. that they're that passionate about these bloody furballs even big fat giant guinea pigs that we're looking at so
1: oh, i um just interrupt you flemish rabbits that's what they're called the big flemish, ones
0: flemish rabbits and i addison's googling this right now so i want to see what a flemish rabbit looks like the cute uh, oh my god look at mm. this it. yeah hey.
1: it's a thing it's a thing it's a thing, all right. Holy. They're God. quite cute, and uh, people are quite into them getting a Flemish rabbit. Jeez. Massive. God, there's a bit of rabbit stew
0: there, isn't there? <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, so to cut kind of what I'm thinking short, sure. I think, to a degree, I, I have no problem. I think tenants should have be allowed to have pets with uh, consent of the landlord with consent to the landlord but the landlord like with making uh, minor changes to a property the landlord cannot withhold their consent unreasonably and this is where your body corporate rules will fall yeah. into place so the body corporate rules will over um will override the the, the rta um you know and I've, and, I've, and I've sometimes have thought well there's nothing in here about pets so i mean technically um you're right. Will. They, they probably are right. It's not in the RTA. Now I saw a comment from somebody from the New Zealand Property Investors Association saying, well, it's it's not in the tenancy, it's not in the RTA that you can't fix an oil yeah, engine. In think, it. Yeah. Well, actually, it, it's because the tenant's responsibility is to keep the place reasonably clean. and timely yeah. Now, if they start fixing an engine in the middle of the living room, <laughs> there's going to be oil everywhere. So they and, and that would fall into intentional damage because it's yeah. inevitable yeah um so personally personally you know i'm 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 actually not overly concerned what i am concerned about is that as harrison's alluded to we've got thousands upon thousands of tenancy agreements which have got a pet clause in it saying you can't have a pet now does that fall into the category of being a prohibited transaction that's section 137 right Uh, And what that means is is there's there's exemplary damages awarded to the tenant if a landlord has written into the tenancy agreement a clause that is outside the boundaries of the RTA. Now, Mm. it's not a big exemplary damages. and And the other side of me on this thinks, well, there's no, is there intent? I've not intentionally breached the RTA, but I've intentionally written a clause in there which is outside the RTA. So it'd be interesting to see if someone's got the guts to test this in tribunal by taking, oh, a, the fire. Play, taking a landlord to the tribunal and saying, right, you know, this is a prohibitive transaction. We want to repair. We've not been allowed to have a pet. It's affected my mental health. And you know, this has impacted our family. We want
2: exemplary damages. Mm. Do you reckon a landlord talks I me mean- there can also be a difference between, like, having a cat or something little versus having a massive dog in the house. Or, or a Flemish or, rabbit. Or, or a Flemish, Flemish, Flemish rabbit. Flemish rabbit. Or having that Flemish yep. rabbit building outside. I reckon those
0: Flemish rabbits would eat those hamsters. It's that friggin' big. They would. Jeez.
2: Like, are we going to get to the point where, you know, the landlord's having to specify, oh, you can keep your Flemish rabbit, but it has to be in the back garden?
0: God, it would be a bloody big garden. It's, sort of, it's
2: like, it's a real, whole, and what around things like say you're an owner, but your section does not have a permit offense. Yeah. And the tenant wants a dog. Yeah. That's
0: that's all the things I'm you thinking know? of here. Is it, it's I mean, my thought was around the common sense would be tenants have the right to have pets, but landlord, they, they cannot withhold uh, the request unreasonably. Now, if I've got yeah. a small little section and the tenant wants to get a German shepherd, it's just, it's cruel on the board, don't mm. you. Or, or, or do we just get a bit picky there, and you're thinking well, come on, tenants, you know, they can common sense will apply the tenant will get a pet that will fit your balance mm. I mean, part of me thinks these adjudicators
2: are actually oh, think, they'd be right I feel like this is the start of what is going to become the norm. Yeah. you know, and I, I feel like it, it is, I mean We're going to get to the point where tenants will be allowed pets unless there is, you know, like, say, a body corporate rule or something in their way. Do you this, this, this there's been,
0: I mean, we're speculating here, we don't know, but, I mean, what's prompted this? Have they all of a sudden just gone,
2: oh, look at this? Adjudicators, they're not not new adjudicators. Even even some of my team, Julia, have dealt with these adjudicators before in, in the Palmerston North Court. So... You know, it's not like they're fresh out of school and it's their first ruling, and they've just gone, "Yeah, I'll agree with the pets. So something has suddenly changed for them to rule this way. Yeah. So is that
0: government going in there, uh, getting in the air of like principal
1: adjudicator and saying, "Listen," well, this, th- th- this this feels a lot like generation rent, right, and 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 allowing people to make homes and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I was just. I was just googling as you're writing. Uh, so speaking about the fencing act and property act, but um, you know, I can't. I can't see anything obvious in there around. There'll be some sort of bylaws, council bylaws around fencing and stuff for um, for. Yeah. Uh, owners and tenants with pets. Um, uh, but you know, it's. I, I guess it also falls down to this whole dis- the, the discretionary aspect of adjudicators, and. You know, the, the RTA, as we all know, is has got a lot of scope for discretion. And, yeah. um, and, you know, it's built that way. It's not black and white. It's allowing for it. And, you know, it, it sort of begs the question around the adjudicators themselves. And, you know, to be appointed as an adjudicator, you've got to have five years of experience and hold a certificate as a solicitor or a barrister. Um, is that long enough? I mean, are you, if you, you know, it just, just starts asking these questions around, you know, how much experience do these people really have? And, you know, they're using discretion. Well, in, in this instance, um, it's, it's, it's I, do you know what I mean? Like, you, it's you not know, not not to. I suppose, I mean, this is, this, is, this, is, this is my taking it
0: well. It's like a game of rugby, you know, it's got all these different rules. All you want is a level of consistency. Yes. On these rules are interpreted when I go out and play the game. Uh, this, otherwise this, everyone this, gets frustrated and it becomes like a, a lottery i'm not i am not suggesting for one minute some people will i won't because i don't believe it is i don't believe the tenancy tribunal is biased sometimes i think you get uh, maybe some unconscious bias that comes through from adjudicators when they're looking at particular circumstances and sometimes and that's that discretion that you're talking about will that gives them the flexibility to not necessarily strictly apply the law Gives them a little bit of wiggle room. But you just want to see an element of consistency. When, when you go to these places, you want to get a good idea. Well, right, this is how they're going to rule. Um, so, yeah. but, so I'll give you an example. Give an example. And this is not with the property brokers. This is somebody you know who works at property brokers, but has been dealing with a case in particular in Wellington, Harrison, so I have, where the adjudicator, where somebody signed a 12-month renewal and the adjudicator's gone. That's not a renewal; it's an extension. And we're going, what? Because it was all around compliance with Healthy Homes, and um, and and the claim around Healthy Homes was thrown out because that's not a renewal. Ooh, hang on, it's twelve it's twelve month term extension yeah. Re- isn't classified what a renewal is. All of a sudden, you th- you question yourself. Well, if that's not a renewal, what is a renewal? And that's where you just want a little bit of consistency from these guys. Yeah.
2: You know, it, it, it's. Yeah, it, maybe it's about time they had a little classroom training session for all the adjudicators and got them all singing from the same songbook, you know? Well,
0: I'll tell you, it, it's not a silly idea where if you had a select group of property managers, and, oh. you know, select group of, say, your, your tenant advocates, we used to do it a long time ago, where you'd get all the people who were involved in the industry, excluding adjudicators, actually, but Tenancy Services will get you... I went, so I went and I went down with uh, a guy called Kevin Riley. He was part of the Man or Two Tenants Union. Great guy. I mean, he's look, he's a communist, he's a tenant advocate and he's openly a communist and he's a tenant advocate. But yeah. well, you know who he is. And you sit in this table, Andrew King was there from the Property Investors Association. Um, you had all these people were around the, the, this table and you just chew the fat and sort of, then people will get to appreciate Oh, I can get the other side's point of view. Maybe you could do something with adjudicators, with a select three or four, and say, right, how
1: come you come to this conclusion? This is how yeah. what we've
0: tried to do here. Some consistency. Hey, let's, well, get, let's get some consistency.
1: Well, the, the section one hundred and four um, decisions of the tri- tribunal, reasons for decisions. I mean, you know, if they're they're making these unusual decisions that no one can sort of foresee, they surely have to provide reasons why and detailed reasons why and um you know maybe that needs to be extrapolated out a little bit when it's a little bit controversial or setting a precedent um it would be you know um, you need all that information to understand why they made that decision um it could be a good reason for it um i mean in these instances the article that you sent through it sounds as though that they factored in you know there are a lot of people in that property if the the tenancy ended you've got a whole lot of people you know out on the out Looking for rental properties, as we all know, there's there's uh, it's um, supply and demand issue at the moment. So I guess that. But if, you, if they extrapolated that out and gave us detail why, then I guess you're taking away a, a few of the unknowns.
0: What you could get, and this is, I mean, general options the principal centre tribunal adjudicator. She used to be based in in, in Palmy, and yes. I used to deal with her as a property manager. Now what? she could potentially do here to is you know when you get you can issue she can issue practice notes that basically directs adjudicators on how to rule and, and that's probably something that you know could be done in in circumstances like this so at least we know now the next question you'd have if tenants are allowed pets uh, a landlord's allowed to actually write into the tenancy agreements because at the moment you're not Carpets commercially cleaned and deeply at the end of tenancy, which I would
1: think is perfectly
0: reasonable. Actually, yeah. I actually think most tenants would think it's perfectly okay. reasonable.
2: You know, um,
1: yeah. Well, this is it. Have you this got is it. Get, you insurance.
2: insurance. Pet insurance. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's another get thing. insurance add on for tenants. There it you get, pretty yeah. much covers everything, doesn't Is the entrepreneur coming out now. He's going to start selling pet insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy's,
0: Tommy's insured. Tommy's pet.
1: Yeah, Tommy's pets. I like that. Oh, Tommy's Pets. Um, Harry Harrison's. No. Um, <laughs> oh <my> god! <laughs> oh god! That went dirty real fast. Um, but uh, yeah, look. At, yeah, hey, you've opened up a can of worms here because uh, uh, you know asking them to professionally clean after pets, pet addendums. Um, you know this this adjudicator um, has really uncovered a loophole. Um, <laughs> so it's it's fascinating. He's
2: sixteen. A tenant, little dollars. You're an
1: Yeah, that's the old cycle yeah. you're looking
0: at there. I mean, he's Addison's not... He's off on a tangent. He's not attention to the conversation. So, oh, and- I'm doing a deep
2: dive on Reddit, listening to landlords all discussing this exact thing. Ah, well, wow, hello. Yeah, yeah. These are all landlords. Why don't we
1: ask? Why don't we ask ChatGPT? Well, what's ChatGBT oh, going to
2: do? Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, good.
1: Well,
2: I know. I know what he. I don't. I hate it. Yeah, I think it's the most. Evil thing that's been invented. I use it all the time. Yeah, use it about three did times. You, did you
1: not see our uh, um, May the Fourth Be With You button? Yeah, I, I saw that. But that's Ch- that was ChatGPT. Was Ch- 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 Ch-
0: Ch- it's teaching it not to. Should tenants be allowed pets? Okay, here we go. This is what
2: ChatGPT is selling. us. All right, Addison, do you want to read it out? Whether tenants should be allowed to have pets ultimately depends on the policies of the landlord or property owner. However, there are several factors to consider. Oh, and it goes into quite a bit of detail. Keep going. Uh, First, having pets can be a significant source of comfort and companionship for many people, particularly those living alone or those with mental or emotional health conditions. Secondly, it is important to consider the potential impact that the pet can have on the property. Pets can cause damage to flooring, walls and other parts of the building, which can be expensive to repair, and pets can create noise and odour issues that can disturb others. To address these concerns, landlords may consider implementing policies that require tenants to pay a pet deposit to cover any potential damages caused by their pets. They may also consider limiting the number and types of pets that the tenants are allowed to have, or setting rules around pet behaviour and cleanliness. Ultimately, the decision to allow pets in a rental property should be based on a careful evaluation of the potential benefits and drawbacks, as well as preferences of the landlord or property owner.
0: should we just quit now and let Chuck GPT run our well, podcast for us? This is me,
1: it's, it's frighteningly common sense. Well, it's <laughs> what you said earlier about <laughs> uh, mental health and, you know, what, what pets do for people. So, um, fascinating that it, it's actually just said a, a lot of what you said before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's what's what's fascinating, Will. It,
0: it's probably the most common sense that's come out of Harrison's voice I, I in, know in a long time.
1: And oh. I was impressed with how well he read that. That's um, you're yeah, a bit of a dark horse there, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there all right. So, so
0: what do you think? Let, let's have a little, you know, because we were all in the greens last week. Um in, yeah. in our in our first, I can't even remember what we talked about last week. No, it was ninety day. Not ninety day that. notice, Norwich. Yeah. Um, well, have the Tenancy Tribunal got this one right? Yes or no? Technically, yes.
2: Addison? Um, I'm going to say no. Why? Because I think there needs to be, just like ChatGPT has said it, that there still needs to be careful considerations around everything. You can't allow this to be a blanket rule of Hey, if it's if it's a standalone property without a body corporate, a tenant can have a pet. I still think, like you say, there needs to be some sort of landlord approval. So I reckon the way that the adjudicators done was it wrong. It's almost written
0: law, hasn't it? It's almost introduced. It's, the, it's yeah. almost introduced a new law. If yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the adjudicators tenants. Don't, they're not bound by each other's decisions. So if it went they're to not. an appeal, if it went to a judge, now I've just come from the district court of in Gisborne, will be a, a topic in few, I can't talk about it now because it's still an ongoing case. Um, but to me, you know, they have now
2: set precedent, have written a new law saying tenants can have pets and landlords mm-hmm. can't withhold it. Um, the next tenant, well, if, there's, if there's a tenant sitting there right now and their own landlord is refusing for them to have a pet, why would you not have a tribunal? You just go and do it, and okay. you and you just bring this case up. You bring the case up. I
1: think I think what what you, I mean, I think imposing reasonable expectations on the owners for how they how they look after their pet, you know, is it registered? Um, you, you know, there's there's really great online. Full, yeah, yeah, you know, so, so, yeah. So, if they breach the,
0: the Dog Control Act,
1: right,
0: yes. so the tenants have breached their response. To me, I'm with Alice in here, I think they've got it wrong. It needs to be written into the RTA. I think tenants yes. should yes. be allowed to be but it should be something in the RTA around conditions. You can't just go no, out and get
2: some psychopathic yeah. pit bull. You know, I mean, yeah, this, this, looks, this, this is a simple. perfect opportunity for them to bring out a peace agreement yeah. or some sort of kitchen yeah. that they've put onto all see. Right, will i've got one for you because you have tenancy
0: agreements that you produce you know so yes. we we're we all using fantastic yes. tenancy agreements and if you want a demo from renting get and see drake he's apparently very good looking and you. um what does what, what's this going to do to? I mean, are you going to have to chase up Tenancy Services now? And because even on Tenancy Services website, they talk about pet agreements, and you know, are you going to have to change the clauses because of this?
1: Um, I certainly will be writing an email to Vivian at MB um, and Raymond and uh, the team at Rhinds Joe to uh, create a bit of a discussion around this. Okay, like, sure. I I, I, th- I think it's too early to make any changes, but I definitely, it yeah, I definitely, yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, look, this is, no one is intentionally contracting outside of the Act here, it's been, it's been the general consensus and understanding for as long as I can remember, so um, it's just an evolution, I suppose, of the Act and the understanding of the Act, so we just need to um, just sort of do a bit of a deep dive and figure out what the best approach is. Okay.
0: Okay, so it's
1: 2-1, so 2-0s. Uh, I'll I, t- ex- I, I tell you, there's some, like, with the expectations on the t- um, tenants around how they look after the pets, I mean, there's myrover.co, a um, bit of a plug for a friend. He's got all the pet information is all online now. It's, it's fantastic, really, really cool tool. Um, we we're actually even thinking about integrating with them at Renty to pull that tenant information into the tenancy agreement. Or application for the tenants but um so there so there's some really good tools out there now so you're not really asking too much i think basic um it's kind of like introducing a, um, a good conduct or good Samaritan test for the new regulations or licensing of property managers you know it's you've just you've got to have a, 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 a you know a basic sort of expectations honestly awesome. You had a team meeting about it today, didn't you? Monday. Monday. (laughs) And
2: and what was the feedback from your team? Right, most of them were sort of like, well, this is the way things are going. We're eventually going to get there. But all of them wanted wanted there to be a formal way of still the owner being able to say no if there's a justified reason. If, you, know, if yeah. you can understand that. Yeah,
0: we're, we've got a team leaders meeting tomorrow in Palm, and they're all coming in from
2: all over the country. And so, because it's 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 on the agenda here. One yeah. thing I was just wondering, it's on the Tenancy Services website, like if you turn down a tenant because they have a pet, Well, I'm thinking at what point does that become um, discrimination? Discrimination. Because yeah, but you can only discriminate.
0: This is my point for <laughs> the Human Rights Act. It, it's not a human; it's an animal. So you know. But you're discriminating. It's a
2: human because they've
0: got an animal. It is that family stasis, and that's why yeah. I asked the question: is the pet part of anyway we'll go goal? It'd be great to get people's. It'd be great to get people's opinions, Alison, what's Yes. Our, what's our? You know, because you make comments on. We love those these podcasts. They go to Apple, um, Spotify, Spotify. Yeah, Spotify you'll get a link on the Facebook page. You can what's our Facebook page, Alison, I Oh,
2: the PMC. Yeah. So it's just the PMC. Yeah. So yeah, just the PMC,
0: Facebook the PMC. we will look to get you. Yeah. You can email us at info at the PMC.
2: as well. And uh, if you search the PMC podcast on Google, we come up. The Alternative Property Minister. Oh my God, we're, we're right there. there. We're right there. Yeah, we're right there. And also,
1: hey, we uh, yep. I see you announced a speaker.
2: Yes.
0: Yes. Dean Larrett from. Yeah. The so uh, He's been around for a while, he's, hasn't he? Yes, it. he's confirmed. So we're, we're, we're talking Trade Me. We're looking at who's going to come forward from Trade Me. Uh, huh. to, to speak, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. We're talking with a couple of Aussies, uh, which we're just deciding which ones we're going to go with. Uh, we've got a great panel on startups, which will be Billy Tossie from Homely in oh, North. Oh, wicked, wicked. Le- Leanne Tautry from Rent South
1: oh uh, fantastic Um
0: uh, from imbercargill roll your ass with <laughs> down there and uh shabby yes you will be from uh let's rent so they're going to be on a startup panel
1: and uh, that'll, be, that'll, well be,
0: that'll be well a done. good that'll be a good panel to uh to get away with you know okay they um some people well done Yep, so that's on the 23rd, 24th of November. Tickets are now available on sale. Early birds are available. You can book your tickets, get your flights. We're at the Takina Convention Centre in Wellington, um, which is, yeah, early bird finishes on the 31st of July. It's got plenty of time for the early bird, but, you know, get your flights now while it's cheap and get your accommodation while you can, because I've got no doubt we're going to get.
2: Uh, I'd say in excess of 300 people coming along to this one this year. Yeah. Get your flights and accommodation locked in so you can turn it into a vendor All right. So yeah.
0: Will, what's uh, on the agenda for you this week, mate? What are you up to?
1: Um, I'm Auckland based this week, which is wonderful. Um, not travelling too much. Um, doing a bit of a few one on ones with the team. We've got some really cool product releases. Renty is now integrated with all the major calendars: Google, 365, Outlook. separating out the bond form now to make that super easy for people um so got some really cool product releases and um no one sees this but we have automated the hell out of the back end of Renty. it is Mm. fascinating like it's been super interesting for me to learn how they develop these products and the workflows and all that sort of stuff Um, you know, i tell you what, there's an amazing skill set associated with product development and trying to understand the tenant journey or the user experience. So, yeah, so we're doing plugging away, doing some really cool stuff, and uh, just a week in Auckland with the yeah. team.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure that you would be working on some projects around pets as well now, won't you? So you? One of the great things about your application, when the tenant applies, they can take a picture of the pet, can't they? And it comes up, and so there's some really cool stuff
1: Yeah. Um, around
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, we're big fancy advocates. What what are you got this weekend, this week, Addison? What are, what are you up to? Um,
2: I am doing nothing. Not my, Well, no, we're currently building an online training portal internally. So I've been doing, I've been working with Julia, creating online training resources. Right, very good. Yeah, very good. So very we've been good. doing that, doing little videos, uh, screen recordings on how to use our favorite software yeah. like Renty, Yep, and Palace and Tappy, yep. just That's so that nice. our property managers can sort of self-service your yeah. training and when they get started yeah well we're, at the moment and we've got something big coming up soon uh well if you're at our company there
0: you'd be you'd be able to see what we're doing with this uh, global for velocity global and their automated yeah. rental valuation but we're also going one step further Um we've been working with data insights have just launched and it was on she was actually interviewed by mike hoskins uh carmen so we've just um working with a sister company called generate zero which is about reducing emissions and one of the projects that we're going to be working on is reducing the emissions of the portfolio that we manage. Bearing in mind that we've got a very old property stock around property brokers around the provinces, and um, so a lot, all these properties are going to have to be retrofitted, and that will be a topic that we'll bring up at some point. That will be part of the conference as well. Uh, we'll be because we, we have to uh, look in the future for that. It is it's going more and more tenant friendly, pets, yeah. emissions. Yeah you Know making sure the property maybe it's the right thing to do, maybe it's, it's the
1: right uh, thing to do. interesting. eh? like, uh, didn't we talk about that last, last year? Um, we did environmental, environmentally friendly property management. Yep, I tell you what, this uh, you, you feel like you're making progress, and then this Tongan volcano erupts and turns wreaks havoc with all the weather for the next year, and um, you feel like you're going backwards.
0: Well, you're up in Auckland all the time, it's always red, but it yep. Wellington's turned into
1: a tropical paradise. They love global warming. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. It's pretty freezing here. You are looking kind of tan there, Harry. Um, Unusually. Yeah, look at that. Wow. All all the tan. Anyway, well, that's it from us. It's been great.
0: uh, Thanks for tuning in for the Alternative Property Management Show. Thanks to uh, Will Alexander from Renty, Harrison Vaughan from Tommy's, and david fortmouth thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you we'll we'll catch you next time that's your last time
2: cheers guys thank you for tuning in to the alternative property management podcast powered
1: by Renty and the pmc